Oh, I'm so happy you're here. Can you tell? Um, time for Children's Church. So you, you little ones, we got like an escape hatch for you. Hey, way to rock that tambourine. That was cool. All right, yeah. Yeah. So glad you're here. Hey, before we get started, if you are not um, plugged in to and, and tried out the new um, free uh, Right Now Media online, um, thousands of free uh, Christian videos of it, best teaching out there. It's crazy. Um, I want you to at least just check it out. Uh, if you haven't done that, uh, fill out one of those uh, connect cards. Just put your email on it right right now, and I'll know to send you that invitation. If you've got one in the past, you lost it, you didn't follow it, just put resend, and, and I will, because you are going to love this. This is incredible. So um, do that for us. Just put those connect cards in the box on the uh, welcome table. If you don't have one around you in one of the seat backs, there's tons of them on the, on the welcome table. You can do that on your way out. Hey, the belugas are suiting up and taking the field. All right. Those of you who know are pretty darn excited, and those of you who don't should be, because the belugas are Bethany's dominant, celebratory, incredible, co-ed, leisure league softball team. And uh, the epicness will continue this year. Just based on the 9 o'clock, we got a team. We got a team, baby. It's going to sell. We need you. Um, look, you must be at least 16 years old. Okay? You must know how to have fun. And you must know how to eat a popsicle. That's about it. Athletic ability, that's optional. That's, that's optional. Sign up. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. We play only like once a week. So, so it's minor. You can, you can put the Bengay on and all that after. Okay. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to week three of our hopeful series. And I'm just giddy happy to see you here this morning because um, like all week long, like I've known that like God has something really great for us. Um, and so I'm, glad, I'm so glad that you're here to receive it. So uh, I'm excited. Um, last week, we took a look at the past and trying to keep our past from stealing the hope. Right? So today we're going to take the next step. We're going into the future and strap yourselves in because what a future it is going to be. Um, if you have in your heart, in your life, in any area, like the hope tank is starting to go down in this area, look, um, God has like eight words for you. Eight words for you that are going to be the game changer. And it's going to, yeah, you, this is a tidal wave of hope to fill you. If you are already a hopeful person, these eight words are going to send you into orbit. Into orbit because they're, they're that true. They're that powerful. So, um, here's the bottom line. Uh, well, before that, I have to say, you hear you want the bottom? Well, no, I, I mess up. Um, if you have this, not my phone, but one of your own, with a free version Bible app on it, please boot that up. Quiet it down. We do have a live event for you. If you're the kind of person, and I know we got a lot of them here, who like to follow along in your Bibles as we go, that's going to be very difficult for you this morning because we'll be jumping around like a lot of different places. And so my advice is just to jot down the address. The address is like, and you can go later and look at it. 
and, and see that I'm not making this up. And in fact, it's even better than I told you. Because I can't overemphasize how good this is. 1.8 words. 1.8 words. So some of you who know me are thinking, he's only going to make one point. He's only going to use eight words. This should be a pretty short conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay, go with that. Go with that. Okay. One point. Eight words. And no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've believed, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're struggling with, that's it, man. You and I need these eight words. Maybe you're going through a transition in your life. You're facing some changes and you're a little anxious about what lands and what happens on the other side. That happens throughout our life and, and you and I need these eight words. Maybe you're struggling in an area, maybe in relationships, your job, a marriage, finances, health. And, and you're worried about that. You need these eight words. Maybe, maybe you're a Western student. Maybe you're a high school student who's kind of reaching the end of, of high school. Maybe you're a Western student. You say, I, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what that looks like for me. And you're starting to get anxious and worried about it. Guess what? You need these eight words. Maybe, maybe you're feeling like you're crushed under the weight of some previous decisions, bad decisions that you make, and you think they have disqualified you from, from God's best for you, you just need these eight words. Maybe there's a dream in your life that has gotten crushed, and, and you wonder if it can ever be revived. Do you know what? Are you following with me? What advice would you give to somebody who feels washed up, who feels like their best years are behind them? It doesn't matter how old or young you are. What would you say that they might need? Eight words! You need these eight words! The world, it's said, is made up of two kinds of people. Those who wake up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord! And those who wake up in the morning and say, Good Lord, morning. If you are ever in that second group, you need these eight words. You do, you do, I do. Tonight is Sunday night. What is Sunday night like for you? If Sunday night for you is occasionally or often or always a time when you slip into a funk because you look at the week to come and you can't deal with that. You almost don't want to go to bed because that would end the weekend. Because you look at going back to work or the weekday routine and you just can't handle that. Then you need these eight words. If you are tired of the longest sermon introduction in the history of sermon introductions, then you really need eight words. Here they are. Your waiting is over. Let's take a look. Would you say them with me? With Jesus, the best is yet to come. See, my, my, my mic even celebrated on that one. Let's do it again. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. Let me just say them over you. Just let them bring a smile to your heart. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. And although these words are simple, they're so true. And they're so powerful. And if you and I would just allow them to, to seep in, to, to penetrate our minds and our hearts, they would be for us a transforming power.
where hope would rush in and change everything and change everything. If we only knew deeply that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. It's true. It's true. And and the rest of our time today, we're just going to see how powerful and how true these words are and how you and I can apply them to our lives. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. No matter what you've been through, no matter what the stage in your life, no matter who you are, you haven't seen the beginning of all that God has in store for you. The Apostle Paul essentially said the same thing when he wrote this. But as it is written, what no eye has ever seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man or woman imagined, That's exactly what God has prepared for those who love Him. What He's saying is, it doesn't matter how much you've done. It doesn't matter how well-traveled you are. It doesn't matter you've seen the seven wonders of the natural world. It doesn't matter. You have no idea. With Jesus, you ain't saying nothing yet. It's what He has planned because of Jesus. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. That is the truth. And God said essentially the same thing to the prophet Jeremiah when he wrote this. So powerful. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Now, some of you are saying, hey, that's great news already because somebody's got a plan. I got no plan. I'm clueless. Right? But but it's better because God has a plan, and here's what it is. He I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare. That is blessing. Not for evil, not I'm not angry with you. To give you a future and a hope. That's God's plan for you. That no matter what you've been to, God still has a plan for hope and blessing and a bright future. Because with Jesus, the best is yet to come. And this is amazing. This is amazing because if you and I just knew that the best with Jesus, with Jesus, the best is yet to come. It wouldn't just set our hopes in, in the future. It would help us. It would help us enjoy the wait. When it seems like His plan for us is taking a very long time to get here. Am I the only one who can relate to this? Can you? Amen. You're my sister, right? God. Anybody? Like, I know you have a plan. It's just, when is it coming? And knowing that truth can help us enjoy that time. I was 26 years old. Um, Tree and I had been married four years. And our son, Tommy, our youngest, was about three years old. And I, uh, we were living in San Antonio. I was working as a writer and performer in, in shows at the SeaWorld of Texas. Um, and um, some of you are thinking, I knew he wasn't a real pastor. Okay, busted. Well, um, we had just stepped out on a limb financially and bought our first house after a lot of prayer. We were very excited. It was a dump, but she could fix anything, so we were excited. Um, and two weeks later, a different company bought the SeaWorld family of parks. And this other company already had a creative staff in another city. So the very next day, I was laid off. Me and all my friends in the entertainment department And it took me nine months of looking for a job every day to find one. Nine months. 
Now, you would think that like a pl- employers would be lining up to hire somebody who has experience writing jokes for whale shows. You would think. Not so much. Not so much. I'm just, I, I love you. I'm giving this to you in case this is your, your career. So about halfway through this nine months, mostly because God has given me a faithful and faith-filled wife who would keep speaking life into me and speaking hope into me and putting a suit on me every morning and telling me I look handsome and then pushing me out the door and said, go find a job. (laughs) And saying, if we really believe God has a plan, if we really believe that he's in control, then why in your hope are you not enjoying the blessings of this time? If we really believe that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. It can help us enjoy the waiting. You see, during this time, when I was working at the park, I was working long hours and nights and weekends. And now, in this time of trial, I finally had the time to spend with God that I lacked before. I finally had the time to spend with my favorite person on the earth, my wife, which I had wanted and asked for. I finally had the time to be there at dinner with my family every single night. I finally had the time to take our three-year-old boy and put him to bed and tuck him in every night and sing him songs and pray over him and hold him till he was asleep, just like God does for me every night. I finally had the time And I wasn't enjoying it. So for that last part, those last five months, I enjoyed it. Even as I did everything I knew to do and hoped. And when we reached the end of our financial rope nine months later, I got my first fundraising job, which I'm still doing 25 years later. And it doubled my original salary. Within nine months of working that new job, everything was cured. Everything was healed up. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. And I'm not just talking about the times when our circumstances fall into place in the way that we hoped. Hope is most powerful. And Jesus is most powerful when in the midst of times where it doesn't work out, that he's still there and he's still showing you that deep truth. Maybe you're feeling like you've got a history, like you have been crushed under this series of bad decisions that you've made. Look, and I'm not here to beat you up, but you here's the thing. You, you fear and you feel like maybe all of this is true, but it's no longer true for me because I stepped over that line and I did this and I did that or I did this too many times and, and I'm disqualified from the best that God has for my life. Look, this, this verse in Lamentation, this is for you. This is why you're here this morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, what's that word? Never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. His mercies are new every 
morning. That's how faithful your God is to you. Which means this. It doesn't matter what was in your past. It doesn't matter what happened last night. It doesn't matter what happened last week. It didn't matter what happened last year, last decade. If you saw the sunrise this morning, then you know that God's love, God's mercy is new for you. You haul that beat up, whatever it is, whatever you got, whatever you did, just like I will, to the feet of Jesus and say, God, this is the wreck that I've made in my life. I repent of this. I can't fix this. Will you forgive me? Will you cleanse me? This is promising. That He will do that. His mercies are new. They, you don't have to exhaust. You can't exhaust them. You can't find the end of His love. If you woke up, that means there's new hope for you. There's new life for you. There's a new future for you. There's new mercy for you. There's new forgiveness for you. You are not disqualified with Jesus. The best is yet to come. And that's the truth. And some of you are here just to hear that one verse. Maybe... Do you know anybody who likes to live in the past? Okay, let's pretend it's somebody else and it's not us, okay? Because that's easier. Like, And they're always like singing glory days. They're always telling us stories of, of all the things that they could do in the past or all the accomplishments that they did in the past. And if, like, I'm not picking on you, but if you're an athlete, you are especially prone to this. Like, just watch Napoleon Dynamite. You will, you will, it will all make sense. But sometimes, like, people who like to live in the past, like, they'll tell a story over and over again. Like that story you tell of the last second game-winning touchdown. Every time you tell it, it gets better and better. Every time you tell it, you're, you're like, you're more spectacular and spectacular. Like the crowd gets bigger and bigger. And, or, or that fishing, like the fish get bigger and bigger. Right now, it's bigger than the boat. Look, you don't have to live in the past. With Jesus, the best is yet to come, which means this, you haven't peaked yet. You haven't peaked yet. You don't have to point back to the past because your best days aren't there. They're out here with Jesus Christ. Maybe we have a different kind of wanting to live in the past. And that's like, I, I turned 50 this year. That's a big number, right? And, and so I'm, you know, some of you are going, yeah, it's nothing. It's a, yeah, I, I used to eat guys like you when I was 50. No, I, I hear you, I hear you. But 50 for me, you start saying things that you heard your parents say. And you start hanging with people that say different things like, Things used to be so much better. Things used to be so much easier way back then. Things are so hard right now. Things are so dark right now. And if that's true, that things are dark right now, really dark, that just means that the sunrise is about to come. That the sunrise is about to come because we know this. We know this in our hearts. We know this through His Word. We know this, that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. And there might be a couple of more steps we need to take through the dark valley, but the sunrise is coming. It is going to get better. It always does. It always will. Here's what Paul said. 
But this one thing I do. I forget what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead. I'm not going to sing glory days. I'm not going to cry for the good old days. I'm pressing on. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. The call of God is not behind you. It's in front of you. So don't give up. Step up. Walk forward. That's where it is. It's onward. It's forward. It's in your future. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. We can be grateful for the past. We can grieve the past. But don't live in the past because the best for you is still out in front. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. That's such a powerful truth. Do you know that um, everybody who has ever contemplated suicide, maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe, Maybe it's somebody that you know. I know that in our town, we have way too much of that. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just saying that anyone who has ever contemplated throwing in the towel and ending it either does not know or has forgotten that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. And if that's you, I just want you to know that. And if that's somebody you love and somebody that you know, I just want to encourage you to go out and show them and tell them the best is yet to come with Christ. There is always hope. Maybe you're going through um, a painful time getting older. Or maybe you're dealing with sickness or something where your body is not doing all that it used to do. Shri and I talk about this all the time. We used to do this in a night. Now it takes us a few weeks. But if that's you, take a look. You can have hope. Take a look. So we do not lose heart. Paul writes, we don't lose hope. Though our outer selves is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day by day by day. It doesn't matter whether you can do what you used to do in your body because God is at work within you doing an an unstoppable, beautiful, hopeful, redemptive work. He is making your heart and your mind and your hope and your faith so much stronger than your arms and your legs ever were. Ever were. And this is a this is a difficult thing for a guy who used to be a high jumper. Okay? Is anybody buying that? Nobody? Nobody? He's got a vertical leap of two inches. But I'm working on it. He's doing a work inside that so transcends it's being renewed. And someday you'll get the body. Because that comes later too. He's got new bodies to match our new, our new insides. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. With Jesus, the best you is yet to come. With Jesus, the best life is yet to come. The best hope is yet to come. The best joy is yet to come. The best freedom is yet to come. With Jesus, the best of everything is yet to come. And maybe, maybe you're one of those people who's going through a painful time right now. It's a struggle in your relationships, maybe in your job, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your finances, maybe in your future. And you're struggling against that and you're wondering, can this 
ever get better. And you can have the same hope the Apostle Paul had when he wrote to the Roman church in the 8th chapter. He said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and he was like beaten and imprisoned and all of this stuff, that all of this, they're not even worth comparing. They're not even in the same league with the glory that is to be revealed to us because with Jesus, the best is yet to come. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. Now, um, let's bring it back down. Anybody been on a family vacation? Everybody, look, okay, we all have dysfunctional families. They all went on vacation. Anybody been on a family vacation? Let's just, okay, okay. Did you sit in the back seat of the... Of the of the station wagon, the one that faced backwards. Did anybody do that? Okay. Now I want to talk to you about going on the family vacation. The drive to the vacation. Not the one from. The one to. Because they're very different. You know that, right? It didn't matter how much money your family had. The thing was, maybe you're going camping. Maybe you're going to the beach. Maybe you're going to a relative's house. Maybe you're going on a cruise. Maybe you're going to Disney. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's, it's just something that everybody looked forward to, right? That drive. That drive to the vacation. Like the car was like crackling with joy and anticipation and excitement. You weren't even beating up your sister. Until the way home, right? Why is that? Because everybody in that car knew one thing. The best is yet to come. And that somehow changes us. And what I'm suggesting to you is that if a dysfunctional family vacation can do that to us for a car ride, what can knowing that with Jesus the best is yet to come in everything? do for us our whole lives our whole lives you could live you and I could live if we got this we could live in that car ride our whole lives no matter where we go no matter who we're with do you get that that's how amazing this is and things won't always go the way you want things won't go the way you hope sometimes Things just break down. They go, they take a left turn or right turn. You say, there's no way this turned out. You can still have hope. You can still have hope. The Apostle Paul wrote this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. If you love Him, if you're giving your life to Him, He is going to work everything out for your good. Even that thing that just happened that was so different than the way you hoped that you wonder there's no way this could be salvaged yes it can this is the God who calls death dead things to life who calls darkness into light scripture says he calls things that are not as though they were and he can take everything and weave it together into your good and we can believe that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. Let me talk to you if you're in college. If you, just get your hands up. You see, in college. Okay, good. This is good. This, you are? God bless you. All right, rock it. Okay. Um, college, it has been often said 
Those years, if you know this expression, say it with me. Those years are the best four years of your life. Best four years of your life. Now, um, that's a lie because because for some of you, it's the best four to six to eight, you know, right years of your life. And that's awful. That's just not, not the six to eight part. That's okay. You do what you need to do. But you think about this. If that's true, if those are the best four years of your life, then if you're an upperclassman or older, you've peaked. It's downhill from here. Those of us who way past that age, well, maybe you didn't go to college. You're out of luck. No, look. They're good years. I pray that they are for you. And that's a great thing. But the best four years of your life are the next four years of your life and over and over and over into an eternity with Jesus Christ. You haven't peaked yet. You know, this is a church of people that know they haven't peaked yet. That's what keeps us humble. We know we're not there. We know Man, we desperately need a Savior. You can find people that follow Jesus don't think they need Him. No, no, we desperately need Him. Anytime you feel like you've peaked, don't lose heart. You haven't. The best is yet to come with Jesus Christ. Okay. Did you know that all through the Gospel, all through Scripture, the best is yet to come is woven through the whole Jesus story. If you think about it, you and I needed a rescuer to rescue us from the way that things are, the way that we are, to rescue us from hopelessness and sin. And the best was yet to come. Jesus loved us so much that He came. That He came. Do you realize of all the religions in the world, you have to go looking for God. In Christianity, God loved you so much He came after you. But the best was still yet to come. He didn't just come. He lived for you. He lived for me. He lived the life that you and I wanted to live, but never could. Never could. And that's important in, in a minute. You'll see why. But the best was still yet to come. Not only did He live for us, but He died for us. He sacrificed Himself for us. On the cross for our sins as our substitute in our place. And he, he did what is called the great exchange. Here's why that living for us is so important. Because the great exchange is not only this. Not only did Jesus absorb all the sin that you and I committed onto his sinless body. And put it on the cross to pay the price in our place. So, that that, so God would fully be satisfied. So that there's no wrath left for those who are in him. The other half of the great exchange is he takes his perfect record, his perfect life record of obedience and holiness, and credits it to all those who would put their trust in him. That's why it was important that he lived that life. The great exchange is he takes your sin and he gives you his righteousness. And so you are counted by grace worthy 
and adopted into the family of God. And it gets even better. The best was still yet to come. He rose for you, victorious over Satan, sin, hell, and the grave, so you could rise victorious over all of those things. And it gets even better. The best was still yet to come. He sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost so that He could live inside of you, so that He could indwell you, so that you would become His temple and you could enjoy His presence and never be without Him every moment of every step of every piece of life here. And it got even better. The best was still yet to come because He's coming back. He's returning for you. Whether He returns for you when you take your last breath here and your first breath with Him in eternity, or whether you and I are here when He comes in the clouds of heaven to set everything right as King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming back and the best is still yet to come because He is recreating a new heaven and a new earth with a new people that we will dwell together in in righteousness and joy and love forever. And this is what He says in Revelation in 21.5 rather. And He was seated on the throne and said, Behold, I am making all things new. I'm making all things new and He wants to start with you and me right here, right now. It's your experience of the kingdom of God and His His promises and the best is yet to come. doesn't wait for eternity. Your eternity starts now. starts when you come to Him. That's what we get so excited about. That's what we talk about. In Jesus Christ, the best is yet to come. And that's a promise for today. And every day of your life, even the last day. Now, some of you are young and you feel pretty invincible. But there is coming a day when that promise will mean the world to you. Scott Crippine, um wrote this lyric. When my life on earth is done, the best is yet to come. When my life on earth is done... The best is yet to come. See, God created you as an eternal being. You are an eternal spiritual being. You just happen to be in a body. And the hope, the hope that when your life on earth is done, the best is yet to come. That's going to mean the world to you. It may already for somebody that you love. I have had the blessing of being there with people who, who have followed Jesus in their life, in their last moments of life. The first one was my father, who was, well, I was 19, and he couldn't talk. He, he had suffered from a, a brain tumor, couldn't say much. But we knew, when I knew he was close, and I said, he's got hours, and I'm just laying there next to him. I said, Dad, do you know? He said, yeah, it's a beautiful Jesus is beautiful. He smiled. Is he taking you? Praise God. Praise God. He knew. The most recent is two weeks ago. There's a man named Steve Stone that many of you used to see here. He suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, he passed away two weeks ago. And here's a man of deep talk to Jesus. And the, the, the family, you know, wants you to come and, and make sure that, like, everything's cool. And I'm sitting at his bedside in the hospital. 
And he's got a mask on. He's got all the oxygen and all the tubes in the family is sitting around crying. And I'm, Steve, Steve, it's Tom. Yes. I said, Steve, I, you know Jesus, don't you? Yes. You've trusted Jesus, haven't you? said, you know he's got you, right? He goes, yes. He said, you know where he's taking you, right? To himself. Yes. You didn't need me here, did you? He said, yes. He was very sweet up until the end. But listen to me. At that moment, when you feel like you might be letting go of anything, everything precious to you, With Jesus, the best is yet to come. You are embracing everything that is precious to you. Because they know what you can know right now. That with Jesus, the best is yet to come. Not just at that moment when it's your last day, but this day. And all the days in between. How loved you are. How cared for you are. How much hope there is. And if you and I only knew, everything would change. So it's a, it's a natural question. And a lot of my friends ask it in different ways. Which is, why can't I just do the best is yet to come? I'll just be like overly optimistic and, and, and just leave Jesus out of it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Can I just do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's an option. You can do that. I don't recommend it. Here's why. Because the best is yet to come without Jesus is at best a fantasy. And at worst, it's a cruel lie. Because in the end, over the long time, the best is yet to come. Even if, even if they start to get better, we're talking about the best forever. And, and this came to light for me. I was 11 years old. And, and here's where I was in life. Look, um, I did not look the way popular kids looked. I did not act the way popular kids acted. So at 11 years old, going to school and doing my life was not something I was real excited about. Um, on top of it, I had three sisters. I was the only boy. And I felt like a disappointment to my father, who was a uber jock, right? And he wanted somebody who could do all those things with him. I have zero athletic ability, zero. I'm into like plays and music and stuff like that, literature and drama. So this is where I was and I had an uncle that I loved, that I worked all that out with my dad. But I had an uncle who was more like me. He lived in San Diego with his wife and, and our, um, our cousins. And, and I would get so excited to go out and spend some time there because I, I felt like, like I, somebody got me, right? So my sister and I, my older sister and I, went out to San Diego for a week. Um, and, and I was loving. And we got to, we got to go. And, and he could see that I was so looking forward to it, but he also see, could see that I was so anxious because the first morning after we got there, the, the day before I got up and went, oh, man, only six days left till I have to go home. He goes, no, 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 no. We have a theme for this vacation. Here's the theme. 
The theme for this vacation is the best is yet to come. So every time we do something, I want you to tell the best is yet to come. And he was well connected out there. We did such cool things. We went to concerts. Hey, don't worry. The concert's over, but the best. And I'm like, is yet to come. And we went to plays and we went to all kinds of things. We even went to like the live studio audience taping of Happy Days, which if you're my age, you know that was a big deal. If you're not, that was like being in a live audience for friends, right, at the time. Like, yes, it was. It was cool then. And day after day, the best is yet to come. And then it came time when he was driving my sister and me to the airport. I sent Uncle Bob. Well, what happened to the best is yet to come. He said, well, it came. (laughs) And I appreciated that. And I did. But I realized that my Uncle Bob, as loving as he was, as generous as he was, as kind as he was, He only really had power over those seven days that he couldn't go home with me and change how I felt disappointing to the one man I wanted to be proud of me. He couldn't go with me to school and face the kids that I really desperately wanted to like me and didn't. He couldn't change the confusion and hurt Because my Uncle Bob was not in my future, making a way for me where there seemed to be no way. Jesus is. And this is not just the testimony of a man who is desperate for approval. Okay, yes it is. But I found it. I found it. And the only one whose approval will ever matter. The only one who is worth pinning all my hopes on. Pushing all my chips into the middle of the table. And saying, Jesus, you got it. Because I believe. You have shown me. You have told me. You have testified. I have seen it too many times. And I want everybody to know that with Jesus, the best is yet to come. It is yet to come. And that knowledge, if you will have it, will carry you above. It will carry you over. It will carry you through. Anything. Anything. Not just making it, but with joy and with hope. Look, Jesus is the source of life. He's a source of all life. So he leads all of those who would follow him into ever-increasing life until we are consumed or swallowed up in ultimate life with him. You, you, you tracking with me? The question that others ask, can I just do this best is yet to come and leave Jesus out of it? Can you, can you separate yourself from the source of life and find life yourself? No, what you and I do without Him is lead ourselves into ever-increasing death, which is swallowed up in ultimate death, in, in separation from Him. Look, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this life, this world is all the hell you will ever see. If you reject 
Jesus and his love and his mercy and his desire for you. You're free to do that. But this world, this is the best it's going to get. This is the most heaven you will ever see. Not because he wants it that way. But, but, but heaven is knowing him. You can't not know him and have it. Salvation is knowing him. And you can't know it. You can't get it and, and, and reject it. Christianity is the only, the only religion that the God loved you so much he came after you. That the God loves you so much He doesn't ask you to die for Him. He says, no, let me die for you. No. You're going to follow me. You're going to do the same probably. He's calling to you. And there's so much hope. Can you imagine just for a minute if you had that deep hope, if I had this, if we could just take the next step in that. Say with Jesus, the best is yet to come. When times are good, we could say, you think this is good with Jesus? The best is yet to come when times are bad. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. Our dark days would be like today, like, like the clouds part and the sun breaks through, right? Because with Jesus, the best is yet to come. In our trials, with Jesus, the best is yet to come. We would sail over every obstacle, every threat, every burden. We'd walk joyfully together. It's true. Let's discover that more and more every day. With Jesus, the best is yet to come. If you want to know the best is yet to come, you have to know. Jesus, do you? If you don't, you can. And if you do, let's let's explore that the best is yet to come in him. Because it's worth it. And it'll change everything. Let's pray. Lord, you're so good. You are so good. Lord, everything, everything that you've done on our behalf, despite the fact that we have run from you and mocked you and chosen our own way, and you still, still want to lead us into life and forgiveness and freedom in yourself. Thank you. Lord, we live in a world where we understand that all good things come to an end. But you have said, no, in me all good things will last forever. Lord, thank you. Thank you for inviting us into that reality. For those of us who don't know you, Lord, I I ask that you would give them your Holy Spirit, that you would reveal yourself to them right now. Open their eyes, open their minds, open their hearts. Show them that you are real, Lord, and, and give them the courage to say yes. I surrender all to you. I want that. I want your forgiveness. I believe you died for me and rose for me. I believe you're Lord. I receive you. And for those of us who do know you, Lord, let us live in the depth and richness of trust and hope, knowing that with you, Jesus, the best is yet to come. And that we can rejoice in hope. In Jesus' name, amen.